Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Hey, thanks for being a part of the advertising show. Ray Shillins, Brad Forsyth. We are proud to present another encore show for you this weekend. Mark Tungate, branded male, marketing the man. It was a hot topic then and continues to be here in 2012. Hope you're going to enjoy the show. The advertising show is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at age.com, the advertising show. A copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. Are you ready for Mark? Of course you are. Let's listen. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Welcome back on The Advertising Show. As promised, author of Branded Mail, Mark Tungate here out of Paris this weekend with Rachel and the Brad Forsyth. Mark, uh, we, we appreciate you arranging your weekend schedule to join us here. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I've been here before, and uh, it's always delightful to come back. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're a fan of yours uh, as well, Mark, and we appreciate your, your time today. And by the way, I'd like to encourage all of our listeners to check out uh, Mark's new book, Branded Mail. Ray, Ray and I thought it was a book about tattoos, but after reading it, we realized it's all about marketing <laughs> men and uh, published by Kogan Page. Uh, very good read, by the way, and great job, Mark. We, we had you on, as you mentioned, uh, a while back. Uh, you rewrote Adland, a great, a great book about the history of advertising. Your newest book, Branded Mail, discusses how to market to men. I'm curious, what is it about marketing to men that is now topical and need to be written about? And, and what were people doing as far as marketers uh, when it came to targeting men that really was, I guess, for the lack of a better way of describing it, a little off-target uh, in the past. I don't think it's necessarily that they've been off-target in the past. It sort of depends um, on what sector you're talking about. One of the reasons that um, I decided to write the book was because I had a meeting with someone from uh, Unilever, and uh, obviously they make uh, huge amounts of uh, cosmetics uh, for, uh, for everybody, for men and women. And um, one of the things this person told me was that she felt that um, the men weren't um, buying enough uh, stuff for their skin, particularly. And this was a huge market for, um, for Unilever and for similar companies. And uh, she was struggling to find out um, how she could target men as, uh, as customers. And um, funnily enough, um, just this morning, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who's a journalist at the UK edition of Esquire magazine, and uh, they've just done a big survey about um, men's approach to grooming and that kind of thing. And they discovered that out of all these thousands of men that they interviewed, only 25% of them uh, claim to use a moisturizer on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So that means that there's a huge market out there for companies that sell those kind of products. And uh, I think that's really what, um, what inspired the book, which were, it was trying to investigate how um, brands that target men can do so more effectively. Um, and in other words, um, perhaps open up um, a market that seems to have been slightly neglected in a way. So has marketing to men significantly changed in the past, I don't know, 20 years or so? I think that, um, yeah, I think it's certainly become more, more subtle. Um, but I think, I think the reason for that is that men have changed. 
Um, obviously, we don't have the same view of our role that we did um, a while ago. You know, um, before um, before feminism uh, came along, let let's say um, our role was very clean cut. We were fathers. We were the breadwinner. And then, um, you know, uh, every, we've seen this evolution where our role has changed. Uh, men and women have become much more equal. Although I'm sure many women will will say that uh, there's still a long way to go. But even so, I mean, things have changed, and um, we've become aware of um, different sides of our personalities, different sides of our role in society. And I think advertising has had to change to reflect that in a way. And, uh, and that's why you had kind of marketing theories coming along like um, the metrosexual, which um, a lot of people were speaking about a few years ago. And um, that became uh, the basis for a lot of marketing strategy to try and um, perhaps uh, approach men in a bit more of a, of a feminine, uh, in quotation marks, way, trying to encourage them to take more care of their appearance, sure. um, to, um, to perhaps... Um, uh, consider themselves to be more of a kind of a, a peacock-type character rather than this uh, <laughs> down-to-earth, uh, pragmatic fellow who was just there really to, um, to earn a living and to support the family. You know, uh, he was encouraged to perhaps um, be a little bit more um, egocentric and a, a little bit uh, uh, to, to basically check himself out in the mirror a bit more. And I think we've seen a lot of yeah. marketing, you know, which encourages men to do that. I like the description well, you do with the... Uh, with the uh uh, bathroom there as far as shaving you know using the uh the razor that his girlfriend bought him the classic type razor i could just see that i've, I've been looking for something like that as well and uh, haven't talked my <laughs> wife to do it. they're so doggone expensive nowadays but uh, uh little things like that do make a difference in a daily routine don't they oh absolutely yeah now that's actually um um one of the one of the things i wanted to do with the book um was give it a kind of narrative because um, most marketing books they're stuffed with uh, with facts and can be very useful, but they're not particularly um, entertaining. You know, they're not something you want to retain. You tend to dip into them purely when you're looking for uh, information. And I wanted to create a sort of narrative. So um, at the beginning of each chapter, um, basically the whole book is a day in the life of this character who is a kind of quite involved, marketing friendly, if you like, um, almost a, a bit beyond a sort of newer version of a metrosexual, if you like, someone who's who's at home with, his, uh, with being a, a guy, um, who's a very, in a way a very normal guy, but who's, who's integrated the idea that it's okay to use um, a moisturizer and skin care and who cares about his appearance, etc. So uh, the book describes um, his day, and, uh, and there's, a sort of, there's a sort of narrative, I guess that's the, the sort of frustrated, uh, like all journalists, I'm a bit of a frustrated novelist, so, um, so I wanted to tell a story. So I tell the story of this guy's day, and as you follow him, you go through um, you know, different uh, scenarios, and absolutely, the first scenario is, uh, is him. We discover him in the bathroom at the beginning of, uh, of the day with the, the shaving routine. And in fact, that's a very important um, access point for marketers because you can market a whole lot of other products around this very male moment of the, of the morning shave. You can market all sorts of skin care and grooming products around that, um, that kind of uh, rendezvous with the, the mirror every morning. And that's what I was trying to uh, get at in that scene. And, uh, and the razor in question is actually a, a real object. And uh, the, the hero, uh, so to speak, or perhaps anti-hero, depending on how you look at him, is based on um, some of my experiences, some of uh, my friends and some of the people I interviewed. But the razor is actually mine, so that's uh, something personal I, uh, I put in with this uh, kind of 1950s safety razor that my, um, yeah. that my French fiancé bought me for my birthday. I can, I can picture that very clearly, too, as well, yes. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people I, uh, don't. 
Well, I was going to say, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, your your, uh, pet name for a lot of your friends refer to you as Mark the Peacock Tongate. (laughs) Really? You know what? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) You know, going back to the metrosexual for a moment, you you mentioned that it was coined a few years ago. Did advertising play any role in creating that... uh, that term or sustaining or growing that term, Mark? Oh, absolutely, very much so. Um, In fact, um, originally the term was invented by an English um, journalist called another Mark, Mark Simpson, and he mentioned uh, this concept in in an article in uh, the Independent newspaper um, quite a few years ago. And um, he was talking about how um, uh, marketers were trying to find a way of making... um, uh, straight men um, consume uh, fashion to the extent that gay men did. And uh, he invented this term, uh, um, uh, metrosexual, of a guy who was just gay enough uh, to appeal to marketers because he um, cared about his appearance, etc., uh, like many of the things we've been talking about. So it's quite a provocative um, article in a way. Um, and, um, you know, he was trying to, to sort of ruffle feathers a bit. Um, but then there was a bit of a pause, and then the term was um, appropriated or borrowed and, uh, and adapted um, very skillfully and uh, very subtly by um, Marion Saltzman, who is uh, a kind of trend tracker, a very well-known one, who was working for um, an advertising agency uh, at the time. She still works in advertising. I think at the time she was working for um, Euro RSCG, although I... I, I to be corrected on that, but um, but she began to write about um, about the, the metrosexual, but but um, took a slightly different uh, slant and uh, made him much more accessible, made him much more of a of a, an everyday kind of a, kind of guy, and um, but definitely using the the traits of um, somebody who was um, not vain, but somebody who you know had a, a, a strong interest. In, uh, in looking good, and um, and so and she really popularised um, the term, and uh, and it became a much more accessible and, uh, and, and widely used uh, term than when it was just uh, used by Mark Simpson in his um, his article for the Independent. And I think the metrosexual, um, the way Marion uh, described him, became a much more um, appealing kind of character for a wider um, spectrum uh, of men. They could identify more with with him. New book is called Branded uh, uh, Branded Male Marketing to Men. Mark Tungate is our special guest out of Paris this weekend. On the advertising show, we've got more for you in just a moment. The book is called Branded Male, Marketing to Men. The author is Mark Tungata, a second-time guest here on The Advertising Show. And it's great to have you back, Mark. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. It's good to be here. Yeah, and uh, check out TungateInParis.com to learn more about today's guest and uh, wonderful author and, and a line of great books worth, uh, worth checking out. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the depiction of men in movies and TV, Mark. Have, have any of these... Uh, uh, portrayals affected the way marketers communicate to males today. Yeah, absolutely. Or it, <laughs> it's kind of interactive. It could be the other way around as well. Um, and I think there's been an evolution here as well in terms of um, role models are very important for uh, for men and um, for marketers too. They need uh, they almost need personalities to hang their 
product, products on. Um, I devote quite a lot of time in the book to talking about uh, James Bond, not just because he's a Brit, but also because um, he's one of the ultimate um, marketing vehicles for people who are trying to target men. Uh, right from the early days, actually, even in the books, which are written by um, Ian Fleming in the 1950s, uh, even in the books, there are many brands mentioned, uh, his Rolex watch, his uh, Savile Row suits, etc. And that tradition has continued throughout the entire, um, the entire series. But um, interestingly, if you look at the, the evolution of, uh, of, of Bond and the character and the people who play him, um, he always reflects his, uh, his era. And um, the last, uh, the last Bond before the current one was uh, was Pierce Brosnan, who was uh, a rather more elegant and uh, slightly more dandyish, if I can if I can say that character, than um, than Daniel Craig, the current incarnation, who's a bit, who's much more uh, brutal and uh, and rougher around the edges. So that might indicate, if we wanted to read something into that, that the current role models for men are again going back to a, a more basic and uh, tougher form of masculinity and perhaps after um, after the the 1990s when we were um, we were encouraged to be um, consumers when we were when we were very when we were encouraged to kind of consider the the more feminine side of our personality perhaps now there's been a slight backlash and we're after kind of very strong definite uh, male values and a very strong definite male image and perhaps um, movies reflect that as well but um, having said that you'll note that, um, that the new uh, the new bond uh, played by Daniel Craig also has a, a sensitive side um, he was fell in love with his uh, with his girlfriend which which never really happened in uh, in the previous films and even if you look at other kind of parallel characters like um, like Jason Bourne they're at the same time masculine and uh, authoritative but um, sensitive um, and conflicted as well. So perhaps that means that, you know, to be a male today, um, or the ideal male uh, sought after by marketers, you have to be both um, extremely masculine and almost, uh, um, uh, you know, my father or our father's version of masculine, solid, reliable, etc. But also having integrated all of the uh, positive aspects of metrosexuality as well, um, you know, clean, uh, nice haircut, uh, smelling great, uh, and uh, concern for appearance. So it's, it's quite difficult, it's quite complex to be a man today in a way. Yeah, well, let's uh, staying with that masculinity topic. Different cultures around the world have varying levels of masculinity. That's no surprise. And that will undoubtedly uh, affect a marketing message. Take us through some of the differences between the American male, European male, Asian male, etc. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can certainly draw um, interesting parallels between... Uh, I live in, uh, in France, as you've mentioned, and uh, I can certainly draw interesting parallels between the, the French and the British male, um, for example. Um, when I first came to France, it struck me that, um, that French men were already uh, much more... In- touch with their feminine side than, um, than, than British men. I think men are, are quietly in touch with it, but they, they tend to keep it covered up as the whole stiff upper lip thing, you know, we'll stand at the bar, we'll be very masculine, we won't, uh, we won't show our emotions, whereas French men tend to be um, uh, outwardly uh, more sensitive. Um, they're, certainly, they're certainly are willing to express an interest in clothes, in cooking, in wine, uh, in the finer things of life, which the British male might consider as slightly suspect and perhaps not masculine uh, enough. Um, it sounds like a cliche, but uh, but it is true. Um, in a, for instance, when you go to a party in uh, in England, uh, if you're a bloke, you're expected pretty much to talk about um, soccer. Um, and if you don't know anything about soccer, you're immediately uh, an object of suspicion. Whereas in uh, when you go to a similar um, party in uh, or dinner party in France, you end up talking about um, 
food and wine and uh, and the latest uh, arty uh, movies <laughs> at the cinema. So there's there's a, there's quite a, a big difference there. Um, I've never lived actually lived in uh, in Asia, um, but I did some research um, for the book, and actually there's lot, all sorts of interesting things going on over there. Um, in Korea, for example, in South Korea, um, men are becoming very interested in becoming a bit more androgynous, actually, according to my to my research. Um, they're um, experimenting more with uh, with gender roles and um, and uh, cosmetics, skincare, and even makeup for men. Um, um, sells there slightly better. It's still a tiny percentage of the population, but it sells there slightly better than it does than it does here. And apparently, that's that's due to pressure from um, from women. Apparently, Asian, uh, or, sorry, South Korean women are very interested in this uh, this more feminised man, and so they've kind of put pressure on him to take off the the rough edges. Um, but all around Asia, you see, um, uh, for instance, uh, spa type situations for men are very popular. Um, you know, um, getting kind of spa type treatments, getting your skin treated, uh, removing uh, body hair, that kind of thing. I, th I have a feeling that's part of certain Asian cultures anyway, um, but certainly as a, as a leisure activity, it seems to be quite prevalent uh, in Asia at the, at the moment. A more sensitive man there, that's right. Uh, branded yeah, male? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and that's something that's quite, um, that's fairly new. Um, in the U.S., well, I, I spent some time, I lived in New York for about four months in, uh, in 1999, so that doesn't really make me uh, an expert. What I did appreciate when I lived in New York were, um, were those great uh, kind of traditional barber shops where you could get a, a shave and a haircut yeah. and uh, the hot towel and all that kind of thing, which doesn't really exist in, uh, in Paris, and uh, which I really appreciate over there, which is a kind of a different way of, it's still pampering yourself in, in a way, but it's, it's a kind of, um, it seems to be a much more... Um, I don't know, dynamic and, uh, and um, uh, I don't know, a, a much more straightforward way of pampering yourself in a way. I don't know, maybe you know more about that than, than me, you, you guys live there. <laughs> there we go. Mark Tungate is our special guest here, Branded Male Marketing to Men. It's the book, brand new. And uh, we'll talk more with Mark here coming up in just a moment on The Advertising Show. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Mm. I love the sound of the rain. Mm. And I love the taste of your fresh fruit coffee. Oh, thanks, but it's not fresh fruit. It's new tray cafe. Like we said, nothing outlasts the Energizer. Thank Mark Tungate's book is called can. Branded Mail. Marketing to Men. It's a brand new book, too, of, uh, out of uh, Mark. And, uh, Mark, it's good to have you here on the advertising show. Welcome. Uh, well, thanks. You know, I think most of us have uh, know or have heard that uh, more men are online than women. And when it comes to shopping, uh, I think uh, women tend to go to brick and mortar, and uh, men would be more apt to, to shop online and make purchases. I'm curious, when it comes to media channels, Mark, are, are there... Any particular channels that are more effective to reaching men than others? Um, well, certainly you're correct in saying that men like shopping online, particularly for sensitive, or they consider to be sensitive goods like um, the, the kind of skincare products that we've mentioned. Uh, we've mentioned and pornography. Sorry? And pornography. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sure that's a very popular media channel with uh, with guys as well. <laughs> and um, and I think um, you know there are obviously certain ways um, of targeting them. Um, TV being uh, obviously uh, still very effective. Um, one thing you shouldn't do apparently is try and um, and target them through um, through literature because one of the surprising things I discovered in my research was that men don't uh, don't read uh, novels. Um, they read they te- they read uh, biographies mainly or factual books and um, and they read obviously some novels but um, but they don't read uh, they don't read as much fiction as uh, as women do so that was a little uh, anecdote that came out of my research which I found interesting um, they read um, they read magazines um, obviously there are more, more and more magazines uh, aimed at men I mentioned Esquire earlier and you have uh, GQ details and all the rest of them um, all of which are increasingly uh, well written and uh, and attractive and doing very well at the newsstands bearing in mind that we live um, in a in an online world um, there still seems to be quite a demand for um, for magazines and um, there are more um, magazines for men now than there were um, um, at the beginning of the internet, which seems to be uh, kind of to go against uh, a trend, really. Um, men also read uh, newspapers, but um, the old cliche of them starting with the sports sports pages is actually true. A lot of research shows that um, guys will go to the sports section first when they start um, reading newspapers, and uh, and they read newspapers in a slightly different way to um, to women as well. Um, uh, they tend to look for nuggets of news, whereas um, uh, women uh, prefer a more um, analytical, uh, features-based uh, approach. This is not me saying this in order to be sexist. This is research that was done by um, the Newspaper Society in uh, in England and uh, has been backed up by research elsewhere in uh, in the world. So um, you know, so if you want to um, place your uh, your ad uh, um, targeting a guy, you'd, you'd be better off doing it uh, in the sports section. That's uh, that's absolutely true. You know, uh, we just have a little bit of time left here. I want to get a couple quick reactions to uh, some th- uh, questions here. Notorious Axe Campaign, we've all seen it and heard about it. It was quite successful, but yet heavily reliant on sex. Uh, and the underlying message was, you know, really sex-oriented to the point where it really was a bit borderline on ridiculous, yet, yet as I mentioned, very, very successful. Any thoughts on that campaign, Mark? Well, I think that my, um, interestingly, actually, the um, the brand has a different name in England. It's called Lynx. Uh, I've never really understood why, but anyway, it's just uh, uh, out of the subject, really. But um, um, I think the reason the campaign works is because they push the idea so far that by putting this stuff on, you'll become irresistible to women, that it becomes farcical. Um, for me, it was an idea that um, that uh, works very well in uh, in the UK because it has this kind of British um, absurdity. Um, the humour is not at all um, politically correct, and um, and it's um, it's taken to an extreme. So I think in terms of um, of satire, it works very well. And I think the target audience of young men um, appreciate the. I think there's an underlying irony. I don't think it's I don't think it's dumb advertising at all. I think there's an underlying irony, and there's a kind of second degree as, uh, as they say in France which means that um, that you know you can you don't have to take it seriously at all it doesn't take itself seriously we're not expect seriously expected to believe the the promise um, and I think for uh, for young men uh, with a certain uh, sense of humor it probably works uh, works very well and they've done lots yeah. of interesting things with the product range as well to expand it so I um, know uh, I think it's I think it's pretty pretty clever advertising effect. well thank you Mark, 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 uh, an upcoming purchase there there we go 
we, <laughs> we <laughs> upcoming purchase branded male marketing to men is the book and it, if you want to go to the website too it's tungate paris t-u-n-g-a-t-e in paris i should say and uh buy the book enjoy it and uh, you'll you'll learn a lot there mark uh, thanks for another great book and thanks for being here too it was a pleasure thank you very much on the advertising show with ray shillings and brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show. Thanks again, Mark, for being a part of the show and hope you enjoyed this encore show as well here at The Advertising Show. Being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is powered by Shipple.com. Incredible web technology for marketing, for websites. Go find it out and see what they can do for you. All right? It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. Ed Shipple and his crew do an absolute Phenomenal job for us here in the Houston market and all around the world as well. So check it out at Chipple.com. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production, and we will talk to you again soon. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.